Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And we're into extra time! Hello and welcome to Extra Time, I'm Matt Chatterton. On this week's podcast, Joseph Parker's first defence of his WBO heavyweight boxing title was thrown into turmoil. Who's staying and who's going at the Warriors? And Hayden Patton's back in Argentina where he won his first WRC event last year as he tries to restart his 2017 campaign. Joseph Parker says his WBO World Heavyweight title defence will likely now be tougher. He's taking on Romanian Razvan Kajanu. Parker was set to fight British boxer Huey Fury in his first title defence, but Fury pulled out at the weekend with a back injury. But with Kojanu being a significant step down in class from the unbeaten Fury, will it be another knockout for Parker? Here's RNZ's Sally Murphy. Original contender Huey Fury is ranked second in the WBO, but now Parker, who is the champion, will take on number 14, Romanian Razvan Kajanu. The list of Kajanu's wins features no major scalps. There's clearly a drop in quality of fight, but Parker is not seeing it that way. Me and Raz, you know, we, we've, we've done sparring together. The way I see this fight, it's actually a lot more dangerous than the, the Fury fight. The reason I say that, he's got power, but also he knows how I fight. He knows my styles and techniques. He's been in camp with us before. So it's, it's a fight where I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to you know, figure um, who out first. Parker says he's been training hard, but admits he'll have to change tact now he's got a new, taller component. My focus is just purely on being prepared for May 6, training hard, just being 100% you know, physically and mentally in great shape. So now I'm, I'm grateful that now I have an opponent who's down here in New Zealand and I look forward to being in the ring and letting my hands go, and hopefully hitting someone. Razvan Kajanu, who's had 300 amateur fights, says he knows Parker's mistakes and is ready to take him on in the ring. I know uh, a lot of his strategies, which he used with Dimitrenko, which he, he want to use right now with Fury, and I know him, and I know myself. In the camp, I did like 50, 60, 70 percent maximum. In the fight, I'm going to go 100 percent. Sky Boxing commentator Mike Ango says the fight will pose a stern challenge for Parker. I think he hits harder than Huey Fury. He had 300 amateur fights and, and he's very, very highly credentialed. He's got a nasty left hook, particularly to the, the head and the body. You know, And coming from that height that he throws it, that'll create some difficulties for, for, for Joe. Mr Ango says although he's got a new opponent, Parker should still be well prepared. Uh, you've got to remember that the original fight was uh, scheduled in April, um, so essentially he, he's uh, you know he's seen out at least one and a half, almost two camps. So he he'll have a itchy trigger finger, I, I guess is the best way to put it. He he just simply wants to fight. The May sixth fight has been moved from Spark Arena, which holds about twelve thousand, to the much smaller Vodafone Event Centre, which seats around three thousand people. Fight promoter Duco's David Higgins said some sponsors have pulled out, but they're confident the event will be a sellout. 
That was uh, Sally Murphy reporting there. Uh, now joining us is Joe Porter, Radio New Zealand rugby reporter turned boxing reporter for us today. Joe, Joe, I guess uh, hearing what's been going on in this whole scenario with Joseph Parker and Tyson Fury, um, this new fight, do you think it's a bit of a non-event? It sounds like it. They've had to scramble together an opponent. They've managed to come up with someone who's, I guess, somewhat credible in Romanian Ratsvan. Kajuro, um, he, um, he's number 14th on the WBO's list. I think it goes to 15, so he's the second to, to lowest ranked on there. You know, anyone that can immediately challenge for this title. Um, they would have preferred someone of a much higher calibre, but who's going to be willing to take a fight within a week's notice? So they were up against it. I imagine Juco came close to cancelling the fight on several occasions, but they found someone who, while this should be an easy win for Parker, at least is on the WBO's list, and, and uh, I guess they hope that they'll get a few people in at least to the smaller Monaco Events Centre, having to move the foot, of course, from Spark Arena in downtown Auckland, because it's now going to certainly not hold the popularity, or at least the um, the luster that it, it had when Huey Fury was on the card, and yeah, disappointing, it's it's certainly a big blow for everyone involved, and I imagine even Juco are a bit deflated by it, to be honest, as well as Joseph Parker, because he's been training for months for this, and it must be a letdown. Yes, you did right. And I mean, Juco have done a pretty good job of promoting Parker to this point, but I think given what's happened here, this has surely got to be his last fight in New Zealand, do you not think? More than likely. It, it seems maybe like they pro- may have regretted having this one set for Auckland and I it might have made did. more financial sense to go to, to London where the Fury camp wanted it. They balked at the idea, I guess, because they wanted home advantage, but perhaps looking at it further down the line they've learned a lesson in that respect so yes it might be the last time we see a title defence of this calibre at Parker's fight held in New Zealand but you never know I mean it all depends on who they fight I suppose Do you think that Parker is taken seriously in the boxer heavyweight boxing world because I mean you look at who he was supposed to fight Fury yes I mean at the end of the day Fury is about the 8th best ranked British boxer so he's not even you know the top calibre of British boxers and he's not even registered at the moment shall we say Uh, but he also I mean you look at Anthony Joshua the IBF champion he's facing former champion or world champion Vladimir Klitschko this weekend or next weekend rather do you not see a massive I guess uh difference in quality of fighters that Parker's fighting compared to Joshua? It would seem that way. Joshua is though, you've got to remember the London 2012, I believe, Olympic gold medalist from Great Britain, so there's a massive story there behind him. He's a huge guy, he's quite handsome, he's got you know a physique chiseled out of rock, he looks like Adonis, so <laughs> he kind of is a bit more of an appealing package for everyone involved in terms of media and all that as well, it's being from a country that has 60 odd million people compared to four, mm, So and, and at boxing pedigree and Lennox Lewis, uh, the most recent of course, so they have... He is a much bigger star from the get-go, even though in terms of their professional fights, they've had a relatively similar start to their careers mm, in, pro- mm. in the professional world, they, although you'd have to say Joshua has knocked over bigger names than, than Parker has, that's for sure. Um, and of course, fighting Vladimir Klitschko, who held so many titles for so long, is the biggest carrot on the heavyweight planet at the moment, until he gets knocked off well and truly, because the Tyson Fury win was a little bit clouded and shrouded, as we all know. So if, if Joshua does it, then he becomes the heavyweight world champion. He's only young and the world's all ahead of him, whereas Parker has a few more tests to overcome. But you can talk about them in the same you know, breadth of, of breath, I guess. They, yeah, they, they, yeah. they are world title holders. Deontay Wilder's in the same category, the bronze mm, bomber from mm. America, who wanted to fight Parker but couldn't quite get ready in time for the May 6th date. So the, I mean, there's guys that want to fight him. There's world champions that want to fight mm, Parker. Mm. Um, that maybe they're confident because they want to beat him, but you know there's weaknesses in Wilder's game too. And I think 
there's a begrudging respect for Parker. My biggest doubt over him still is not his hand speed or his tactical nous, is, is really just his knockout power, and that's yeah. something that Anthony Joshua possesses in mm. spades. So we'll see how it all pans out in the end. But certainly, Joshua Klitschko, no comparison to uh, sorry, Mr. Ratzman from Romania versus <laughs> Joseph Parker in Monaco. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that uh, Anthony Joshua is probably the brightest prospect, I guess you would say, in the boxing mm. world at the moment. And he, he is coming on, you know, you look at the quality of fighters coming out of the UK and Europe at the moment, it's no wonder that there is so much hype around him. Uh, you, you mentioned the bronze bomber there, Deontay Wilder. I have a feeling that could possibly be on the cards later this year for a unification bout should Parker get past, well, you'd expect that he will get past his new Romanian opponent. I'm picking less than six rounds this fight will go. What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't even think it'll go that far. <laughs> I think it'll be stopped inside four rounds. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Romania will just try and stay away and get, get a jab going and try mm. and use that left hook. And But Parker will, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a golf in class. I mean, the guy, the guy knows some of Parker's tricks and I guess knows what his tactics might be against a taller opponent, but... Yeah, I can't. I yeah. can't see his chin lasting the distance. Exactly, and Parker is a much better fighter against bigger opponents too. More body to hit at. He is uh, Alexander Dimitrenko is a perfect example. He he tore him apart. Anyway, let's uh, take a look at some other news. I guess uh, this week, um, Josh Reynolds from the Bulldogs, the five eight that the Bulldogs has announced that he is going to the West's Tigers in the NRL. Is that the writing on the wall for Kieran Foran at the Warriors? Do you think, Joe? Yeah, well, I'm not terribly close to the Kieran Foran case, but the Aussie media are absolutely convinced that he's off to the Bulldogs, and they seem to have some pretty good oil on the rugby league stuff. So I'd, I'd suggest you know that it looks like it's a done deal now that they've freed up that salary cap space. A deal too good to refuse for Reynolds. It, it, it's a win-win in many ways because it helps Canterbury not have to make that hard choice, I guess, between one of their long-serving loyal veterans and mm. Reynolds and, and one of their stars and, you know, someone who's obviously world-class in Kieran Foran and is desperate to get back to Sydney to be closer to his kids. So it seems like a no-brainer. The Warriors' lack of noise over it, uh, lack of any poignant noise, really, I guess, mm. would suggest that it probably is going to happen. They seem resigned to the fact that he's going back to Sydney. Otherwise, they'd be making noises about, oh, we're confident of yeah. keeping him for another year. I think it was always a one-year deal. Come to Auckland take some space, take a breath, then go back to Sydney and try and sort out some of those issues you have personally and, and, and play some hopefully good footy for us while you're here. Um, the Warriors are also, like you say, uh, losing Ben Matulino in news this week, one of their long-serving props. He debuted for the club in 2008, played almost 200 games for them. He's off to the West Tigers as well. So the West Tigers, obviously, with former Warriors coach Ivan Cleary at the helm on a massive recruitment drive at the moment because they have lost several star players after what's been a sort of four or five tumultuous years at that club. Yeah. So that link helped, I uh, guess, uh, lure Matulino over. I mean, he hasn't been in the best form since 2015, really. I think Cleary is backing on his environment and his leadership to get the best out of Matulino. I don't, he certainly hasn't had the best year this season and hasn't look, he's looked a bit of a shadow of his former self, but we know he is one of the premier props in the game on his day, so I guess he's he's backing himself to get the best out of him there. It is a blow for the Warriors, however, it does free up quite a lot of salary cap space, and if Kieran Foran goes too, which he mm. looks like he will, that frees up another large amount of salary cap space to hold on to Sean Johnson and to, I guess, hopefully attract... Maybe with all this reshuffling of playmakers around the NRL with Cooper Cronk heading to Sydney out of Melbourne and Brisbane possibly luring someone. There's, you know, there's talk of people going all over the place. So perhaps we could, the Warriors rather, could maybe get a good 5'8", like a Garth, Gareth Whittup or someone like that to come over and compliment Sean Johnson and, and perhaps shore up the spine there. Maybe 
losing those guys and freeing out that money could work in the Warriors' favours. I think they're getting rid of Hoffman at the end of the year too, maybe, and Lillyman could be coming towards the end of his contract, so they might have some money to play with. It. Uh, who, who they go for will be the interesting thing, because Foran has seemed to be the ideal foil for mm. Johnson at mm. halfback. Johnson can play off the cuff a little bit more, as can Tuivasa Shek, whereas Foran plays that traditional take-the-ball-to-the-line uh, five-eighth role really, really well. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a blow for them, but it looks like one they can't avoid. Mm. A few points for me. Um, ben Matalino leaving um, hasn't, as you mentioned, hasn't really come to form since uh, he was named Club Player of the Year in 2015. From what I had heard whispers, he was asking for a lot of money at the Warriors, and they weren't willing to uh, budge on on their negotiations uh, on the uh, situation in the halves. Uh, I don't really think Tui Lola here is up to the task I think he looks a wee bit like a headless chicken sometimes when he was uh, there with Sean this year and last year so I do believe they need to find someone Gareth Woodup is a good choice as you mentioned he is off contract at the end of the season so that is a very good possibility we do have Tohu Harris coming from the storm at the uh, for the start of the 2018 season uh, to the Warriors so their forward pack will pick up a little bit of grunt which is what they need I, I have been impressed with James Gavitt this season I think he's uh, look he's got a little bit of mongrel to him like he said he he really takes it to the line, and he, he is aggressive, and I think that's what the Warriors have lacked of, of late. Um, but I yeah, it was certainly there against the Storm. It was, good. it was. He has been about the only one that's been able to chew through the meters, to be honest. He's up mm. the middle. He's, he's looked very good. Um, but yeah, there is, there is a bit of space, as you mentioned, for salary. So yeah, fingers crossed. But what does that mean for this season, though? Now that they've got two of their... Well, they've got at least one person leaving, possibly... Well, actually, there's more like three people leaving. Do you think they're going to tail off like they normally do? They're already three from five this season. Oh, it's a tough season already to make it to the eight, in my opinion. Exactly. Um, they're already well, well behind the eight ball, excuse the <laughs> pun there. But a bunch. So, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, they are, I think they'll struggle to make the eight. They might end up in a situation like last year where they need to win their last couple of games or something to scrape in and they'll end up getting blown out. Kieran Foran has, has helped the team galvanise and seems mm, to have brought mm. them together and made them a more cohesive unit and the back line and the halves are starting to play better. I, I worry that they just don't have enough punch in the forward pack at the moment to mm. really get that go forward ball that yeah. those guys need to really wreak havoc. Although the scoreline against the Storm and having lead at four times during that match would suggest they're not far away from some pretty good performances. You're right. There's just a few few minor things that needs to be worked on in that forward pack. The, the props, Charlie Gubb's still a wee way away. Albert Vete, you know, he's been playing in the second division at the moment. Uh, Sam Lassoni's looked all right, but yeah, there is going to be a few holes left in that in that forward pack that already isn't quite up to the task, in my opinion. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. You're listening to Extra Time. And just before we get to the final story of the week, news came in this afternoon that Sean Johnson is staying at the Warriors for another two years. So that gives the coaching staff and the team there a bit of certainty around at least one person who's going to be in the Warriors' halves. But when you consider how many people they've been through with Johnson outside or inside him, you have James Maloney, Chad Townsend, Toy Moala Lola here, Kieran Foran this year. They really do need to lock someone down for him that can just attack straight like Foran and give Sean the freedom to run his own natural game. So the uh, Warriors team, the uh, recruiting team, have a bit of a task on their hands to try and get that sorted for 2018. Finally, New Zealand rally driver Hayden Patton is determined to get his season back on track at the rally of Argentina this weekend. 
Patton won the WRC event last year, but he struggled for consistency so far this season. The Hyundai driver is sitting in eighth in the standings at the moment, but he says preparations have been going well. Yeah, a lot of good memories, uh, obviously, after winning here last year. Uh, we sort of missed a bit of that form ever since, but you know, coming back here gives you good confidence and Obviously, we'd love to repeat it again, but uh, we know it's going to be difficult. Obviously, the competition's very close this year, but, uh, you know, got a, a real fire in the belly. Patton turned 30 recently while back in New Zealand, relaxing ahead of Rally Argentina. He's hoping the time off will put him in good stead for another podium finish in South America. We've been struggling for a little while now, and not from a lack of trying. Everything's uh, in the preparation's been going to plan. The team have been doing a good effort with the car, and still haven't quite got the the ultimate feeling with the car for my driving style, but this rally in particular uh, probably comes to me a little bit more. That is New Zealand rally driver Hayden Patton. The rally of Argentina starts on Saturday morning. That's extra time for this week. As always, your feedback is welcome via Twitter at RNZ Sport or our emails sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Matt Chatterton. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.